the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Water in the court. Be seated. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Also on podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. Today's going to be a great show. Uh, Not all business owners, entrepreneurs, executives are billionaires like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, or Jeff Bezos, but it is common for those to reach one or two or three million or so. This is when business planning and wills, trusts, and tax planning combine. You might remember me talking about the Venn diagram on the MarquardtLawFirm.com website where the business law circle and the estate planning circle overlap. Well, yesterday I was in Round Rock at a Wealth Council seminar. That's a continuing legal education for me. Uh, Wealth Council is a national community of top estate planning professionals who are committed to the highest standard of practice excellence. This collaborative organization, along with attending seminars taught by national recognized leaders in their field, keeps me on the leading edge of the newest business and estate planning ideas and practices. So I'm a fanatic about studying the law. I I study a, a lot of things, actually. I have a lot of books on my bedside table because I I like to read. Um, In fact, I study twice as much as I'm legally required to maintain eligibility for my law license. And I'm recognized by the College of the State Bar of Texas for exceeding the requirements every year since 2011. Anyway, today I'm going to be talking about advanced legal planning for business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives, and and this includes, number one, new Texas business laws that became effective September 1st, 2023. Number two, a short description of some common uses for irrevocable trusts. Number three, dealing with and managing family dynamics. Number four, planning for licensed professionals like doctors, attorneys, architects, CPAs, financial advisors, and number five, small business law. Uh, It's my philosophy that small businesses cannot afford to pay big judgments, which result in being out of business. They need better protection than the big businesses do because big businesses can just settle out of court. And number six, privacy. Each one of these topics could be an entire show. Today I'm going to give you the highlights, and if you want me to explain more detail about any of these topics, you can call the station at uh, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, or email me at host at talklawradio.com, or you can text me at 210 538 Four seven seven zero. Today's show is sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. Uh, contact an attorney to discuss your specific circumstances. We focus on business and estate law. Schedule a consultation by calling 210-530-4278 or chat with us 
at MarquardtLawFirm.com. State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing and failing to follow your will. Please help me give good information about advanced legal planning for business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives today. Help me to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the big new things about the Texas Business Organizations Code is Section 101.112. It's entitled Members Membership Interest Subject to Charging Order. Charging order is the exclusive remedy for enforcing a judgment against an LLC. And if that's confusing to you, it's pretty common. That's why attorneys are here to help, to explain how all this works. A charging order constitutes a lien on the judgment debtor's membership interest. The judgment debtor would be the LLC, which is subject to a judgment. So this is when you end up in court for um, a lawsuit against the LLC for uh, breaching some contractual duty or for some uh, tortious liability, which could be injury on the premises or something to that effect. So if you have, if you lose the lawsuit, if you have a judgment against you, the law calls you a judgment debtor. And the charging order is the exclusive remedy if you're an LLC. And that's what the next section, subsection D, says. The entry of a charging order is the exclusive remedy by which a judgment creditor of a member of or of any other owner of a membership interest may satisfy a judgment out of the judgment debtor's membership interest. Again, I don't expect you to memorize this. (laughs) I have to look it up. It's not something that just uh, flows easily off the tongue. But here's some what the thing that's new is subsection G, which says this section applies to both single member limited liability companies and multi member li- limited liability companies. In the past, uh, the courts had found that a single member was not protected by the the charging order as the exclusive remedy because. Before LLCs were invented, this was a principle of partnership law and limited partnership law where uh, the charging order was the exclusive remedy against a limited partnership. And it was extended to the LLC because the structure of an LLC is now very similar to the structure of a limited partnership. And the public policy behind it is if you have a judgment against you, it should not affect the other partners of the partnership. And so the charging order would be against the partner who had the judgment against him. And so that's what the law is trying to apply to a single person uh, who doesn't have a partner. And so for this reason, there are some lawyers that uh, believe that since this doesn't make sense, it doesn't go back to the original intent of what a charging order was meant to protect, that it's probably going to be challenged in court. 
and judges might have in a different opinion about whether this statute is effective or whether it's not than what the legislature meant. And here's an interesting thing to think about is uh, when you're in court, are you before a judge or are you before the legislature? You're before a judge who is not a member of the legislature. We have separation of powers, separation of the judicial branch and the executive branch and the legislative branch. So it's the judicial branch which interprets the law in a court setting, and the legislature is not there to testify. And so we don't know what's going to happen when this gets challenged in court, and so it's a good idea to be protected in other ways. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. all business owners and industry leaders seeking to elevate your brand and align with a highly targeted audience. Talk Law Radio invites you to partner with us in bringing in-depth interviews with expert guests, thought-provoking discussions, and practical advice on a variety of matters to the listening audience. Let us get your business name out into the community. Log on to TalkLawRadio.com to find out how you can become a sponsor. That's TalkLawRadio.com. 930 a.m. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 a.m. The Answer on podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live and YouTube. I'm trying to get up to 1,000 YouTube subscribers, so please do me a favor and go to YouTube, search for Talk Law Radio, look for Lady Justice with the red, white, and blue colors, and subscribe. Uh, After I get 1,000 subscribers, that unlocks some new opportunities for me to use YouTube, and that will benefit you, the listener, uh, because I'll be able to do some extra things. Today I'm talking about changes in the law and uh, a conference I went to uh, where I got additional education on business and estate law. And just before the break, I was talking about the protection of a charging order as the exclusive remedy for even a single-member LLC and how uh, time will tell whether that will succeed challenge to that law because of uh, the principles behind it don't support having uh, that type of protection for a single-member LLC. But I also want to get to some other things um, that advanced legal planning would dictate for business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives, and that would be the use of irrevocable trusts. Now, not all irrevocable trusts are the same, and so I want to uh, explain uh, some of the most common uses, and I can't talk about all of them. Uh, Like I said before, this could be an entire show just for this one uh, topic. But I do want to explain some of the common uses for business management, charity, disabled beneficiaries, estate tax, inheritance plans, life insurance trusts, and qualifying for nursing home Medicaid or, or veterans aid and attendance. I'm really excited about uh, today's show, and I'm also excited that the weather changed. Uh, It's a bit cooler today. Got my jacket on, and uh, I should have put a jacket on Lexi, um, but she doesn't really like to wear them. Um, I put them on her occasionally anyway to keep her warm or to uh, wear something that's kind of fun. Uh, But I forgot to do that. Sorry, Lexi. And before the break, she also barked, and so I'm sorry about that. You know, uh, wild animals you can't really control very well. Uh, But today, like I said, I'm talking about business and estate law, and irrevocable trusts are part of that. And some of the reasons you might use it is for asset protection, estate tax savings or elimination 
income tax reduction, charity. And I did talk about the Irrevocable Life Insurance Trust on the Bonus Sunday episode. You can find that recorded on podcasts everywhere, also talklawradio.com. So I won't talk about the Irrevocable Life Insurance Trust because uh, I just I did spend a half hour on that uh, last Sunday. So you can find that on podcasts everywhere or talklawradio.com. Um, also, I'm offering you something really handy uh, because people will ask me, how much is a trust? And I ask them, well, what kind of trust do you want? And so I created this this flyer that's just a list of a whole bunch of different kinds of trusts. And I'll send it to you, this flyer, about trusts, if you email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at talklawradio.com. Let's go back to the list of trusts, or the list of some common uses. Um, You can use an irrevocable trust to be the manager of an LLC or to be the limited part to be the general partner of a limited partnership and so that would be using it in a business context and in that way um, it does help increase the the durability of the structure of business uh, you may have heard me talk about how uh, business protection, Works. I, I use the analogy, it's sort of like protecting your house or your home. You can have uh, a lock on the door, you can have a storm door, you can have bars on the windows, you can have an alarm system, you can have a pit bull in the backyard, you can have an armed guard at the front door. You can have all kinds of those things, but each one of those helps to increase the level of security right? It's the same thing with business planning. Every layer that we add also adds a layer of protection. You can also use irrevocable trusts for charity. And if you want to um, save your beneficiaries some income tax, and you also have a charitable intent, we can combine how you leave your IRA or 401k money and your charitable intent. We combine those things. And the way that we do that is through either a charitable remainder trust or a charitable lead trust, which would be an irrevocable trust, one that you cannot change. Um, but there are some things that you can change, like the which charity you want to benefit. Uh, trust law is kind of funny. Some things you can change, some things you can't. Um, That's why it's best to work with an attorney that has at least double the continuing education credits every year, like me. (laughs) I'm a member of the College of the State Bar of Texas, and uh, you can look that up, or I'll explain it to you. Another type of irrevocable trust might help a disabled beneficiary uh, who might have government benefits or not. Uh, In either case, it's sort of a special purpose type trust that describes when distributions would be made to the disabled beneficiary. Disabled beneficiaries have different needs than beneficiaries that don't have disabilities. And so um, you might look at that if you have a disabled child I have uh, some clients that their children are somewhat disadvantaged uh, but disabled. They're not sure whether to use that word or not. And so I have uh, a type of trust where I can have either a supplemental needs trust or a general needs trust. And we just use that term general needs to differentiate it from the special needs, because instead of having terms that discuss uh, distributions for disability reasons or medical reasons, 
Most of the reasons are just subject to the discretion of the trustee, such as for health, education, maintenance, or support. And you can probably fit everything that you buy or pay for under one of those four categories. The IRS calls it an ascertainable standard. It's something that you can put a definition to. So uh, we talked about a trust for a business, a trust to uh, convey your charitable intent, and a trust for disabled beneficiaries. There's also, we can use trusts if you have uh, an estate tax problem. If the value of your estates are above the exemption, which this year is $12.92 million, then maybe an irrevocable trust would help you um, reduce the value of your estate so that so much of your estate is not subject to federal estate tax. Or, well, here's another thing coming down the line is at the end of 2025, that $12.92 million estate tax exemption uh, or credit um, expires by operation of law. It sunsets because in 2017, when President Trump uh, signed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, it was only for a defined number of years. And, of course, Congress and the Senate and the president could extend and renew that, um, but we don't know what's going to happen. And if it does expire, then the estate tax exemption goes back to the pre-2017 amount, which was $5 million, and which is adjusted for inflation. And so we think that uh, if it does expire in 2020 at the end of 2025, that it'll be around $6 million. So now, because the uh, estate tax exemption amount and the gift tax exemption amount are equal, there are some planning options where you can use gifts, up a lifetime, lifetime of gifts up to $12.92 million this year, And if you die after 2026, then the IRS says they're going to honor and uh, grandfather in this uh, gift tax exclusion amount. I know that's a lot of stuff to follow, um, but if you're interested or if you're curious, you definitely want to talk to a lawyer about that because you don't want to do anything on your own that would cause you to have tax consequences. Another common use for the uh, irrevocable trust, I I talked about the life insurance trust. Uh, Just search for my podcast from last week, the irrevocable life insurance trust I, I talked about for half an hour. Another use is to help people qualify for nursing home Medicaid or the veterans aid and attendance benefit. But there are penalties that could apply for doing that. There's a look-back period for each program, and there's a penalty that goes forward. So for Medicaid, if you set up a trust and you put your assets in there, within five years of applying for the benefit, then Medicaid is going to penalize you by dividing the value of the gift or the transfer for less than fair market value by the average cost of nursing home care in Texas. And that gives you the number of days that Medicaid will refuse to pay benefits. That's the penalty. The VA has a a similar rule, but their look back is only three years. And and their division is a little bit different also. So you want to go with an attorney that knows Medicaid benefits or veterans benefits before you try anything like that. I I once had a uh, client who had gone to a a CPA who gave them an irrevocable trust. That's a red flag because uh, certified public accountants are not authorized to practice law. They don't do trust law. They might do trust tax returns. But everything they do 
is with it should be with a tax lens and the type of trust that they encourage that this individual encouraged these clients to put their family farm into caused a very large uh, capital gains tax. So you want to run for the hills if you have somebody trying to sell you a trust that is not an attorney. We're about to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about family dynamics, uh, business planning for licensed professionals, uh, business planning for small businesses, and privacy. And also overlapping with all of that would be estate planning, because if you don't have estate planning, the business might fail. Stay tuned. Be right back. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Podcasts everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. Today I've been talking about advanced planning for entrepreneurs, executives, and business owners. And this is the third segment, so you know what that means. might remember that song by Meredith Brooks from 1997. It's one of my favorite. Um, The reason I like to talk about sinners and saints is because Martin Luther said, the saints are sinners too, but they are forgiven and absolved. And the sinner this week is Hamas. You may have been listening to the radio or watching on TV that Uh, Israel is fighting against Hamas because Hamas attacked them on their religious holiday. And so uh, pray for the people of Israel. Um, Today's saint is Narges Homandi, who is the Norwegian Nobel Peace Prize winner for 2003, Narges Mohamdi. And she's recognized for peace uh, because of her fight against the oppression of women in Iran and her fight to promote human rights and freedom for all. So today I've been talking about advanced planning for business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. And it's advanced because you have to do planning for both the business and the estate. Just like everybody has an estate, whether it's a house, a car, or your favorite pair of boots, the business is also part of the estate, and we have to have a plan for what's going to happen to the business if something bad happens to you, if you become disabled, incapacitated, or die. And we don't know when that's going to happen, and so it's best to have a plan when you're healthy and alive than to wait and try and clear up everything after there's a catastrophe. So do your planning in advance with a lawyer. And so part of that planning I talked about at the beginning of the show was recognizing that some of the statutes have changed in Texas as of September 1st. And we talked about irrevocable trusts. And now we're going to talk about family dynamics, planning for licensed professionals, planning for small businesses, and privacy. So how many of you have a family member that you feel uh, makes illogical or irrational decisions? Okay, you've thought of them? Well, if you can't think of one, it's probably you. Ha! <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, I don't mean to be offensive. But usually there's one member of the family that everybody thinks um, is a little off. And if that person is going to be a beneficiary of the estate, 
uh, you might need to do some planning. If that person is going to be appointed as agent, executor, or successor trustee, you might want to do some additional thinking. So some of the work that estate planning attorneys do is they help figure this stuff out. Uh, It's not all about the documents. We do put our ideas in writing in legally enforceable documents, but you're not just buying documents off the shelf. At least we hope you're not because it's the planning, the act of thinking through all of your issues, all of the people issues and all of the asset issues that goes into the plan that's the most important part. So family dynamics will affect your estate plan when you create it and after you're gone or after you're disabled. And it's going to affect everybody else in the plan as well. So you want to make good decisions or you at least want to have a lot of thought and practice into who you name to be your fiduciary. The fiduciary means that it's somebody with a duty that has the highest duty imposed by law. It means not only do they have to follow the instructions that you give them, but they have to act in somebody's best interest. If it's uh, acting for you as agent under power of attorney, then they're acting in your best interest. If they're acting as executor or successor trustee to wrap up your affairs, pay your bills, and make the distributions to the beneficiaries, then they're acting in the best interest of the beneficiaries. And so if there's anything that goes wrong in either of those situations, then there's a breach of fiduciary duty and a potential lawsuit. And so if you name somebody in the family that other people are going to complain about, if you already know that they're disliked or disfavored, you could be setting it up for a contest. And by the way, serving as agent, executive, executor, or successor trustee is often a thankless job. There's any number of people that might complain. It could be the creditors, and it could be the beneficiaries. Here are some of the complaints I hear. Why is this taking so long? Why did you do that? Why didn't you do it another way? Why didn't you do it the way I wanted you to do it? And if there's a house involved, here's what they complain about. Why did you choose that realtor? Why didn't we fix up the house so that we could get more money? Why didn't we rent it out so that we could all have an income? Those are just some of the problems. And then why did you fix that? Why did you choose that carpet? Why did you choose that tile? Why did you spend so much on repairs? So just be careful when you're naming somebody because you might be throwing them into a wasp nest and you may not want that. Uh, Let's see what are some other family problems that come up. Um, I once represented uh, an adult daughter who didn't think that her brother was uh, making the right health care decisions for their mom. Tragically, uh, mom passed away, and then she found out how uh, the agent was spending mom's money. Well, he had uh, invested mom's money in a pit bull breeding business where he bought all these kennels and bought all these dogs and claimed that it was for mom's benefit. It was just a big mess. And so you don't want to get into that. Okay, so besides the the family issues, well, there might be family issues in the business. Let's talk about that for a minute. In fact, um, I'm going to talk about that in the legacy segment as well. But 
email me or call us at the show at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. If you are in a family business and you have family issues that you want to talk about live on the air, <laughs> you don't have to name names, um, but maybe I can help you steer you in the right direction as to a solution for solving some family problems. One is to have shared values. I'll just leave it there. Um, But just for a minute, and then after we take the break, we're going to talk about some unique situations for licensed professionals. There's a specific uh, code section in Texas, Business Organizations Code 301.003, that defines which professionals have to have a special business entity because of their licensing. A lot of uh, licensed professions are not allowed to do that profession unless they have a license. So let's uh, just imagine for a moment that your parent is a medical professional, a doctor, and they want to pass on the medical clinic to the beneficiaries. Well, the beneficiaries might be able to receive economic benefits from that business, but they're not going to be able to go in there and and act as a doctor, not unless they're licensed by the medical association. And so there's doctors, lawyers, architects, financial advisors, uh, accountants. Those are some of the licensed professionals that have to follow this code section 301.003 301.003 in the Texas Business Organizations Code to be in compliance. Um, and there's some other issues that are good to have or some other ways of protecting uh, yourself from creditors, judgments, and liens if a lawsuit is filed against you. And we'll talk about those after the break. We've been talking about advanced planning for business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. We'll be right back. Discover the fascinating world of the law with Talk Law Radio. Listen to 930 AM The Answer every Saturday morning at 11 for insightful discussions and expert analysis. Then, don't miss out on a thrilling bonus segment every Sunday at 4.30 PM when Talk Law Radio's attorney, Todd Marquardt, offers his professional perspective on trending legal issues. Stay informed and engaged with the legal matters that shape our nation. Join Talk Law Radio for an enriching radio experience on 930 AM The Answer. And for more info, go to TalkLawRadio.com. 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Markport. 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Podcasts everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. If you're listening right now, do me a favor and go to YouTube and search for Talk Law Radio and find the Lady Justice there with the red, white, and blue colors and click the subscribe button. If I have a 1,000 subscribers, that unlocks some new opportunity for me on YouTube. Uh, But this is the fourth segment. You know what that means. And now, it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. So today's legacy segment is about business owners and what they do for their legacy. So I wanted to ask you, are you leaving your small business to your children as an inheritance? Do you want to sell your business to your children so that they can provide you an income so you can retire? Well, imagine a husband and wife who own a real estate company, not just a husband and wife serving as two realtors in their company, but imagine 20 or more realtors with offices in different cities. Imagine how that could be passed down to the next generation. Imagine how 
the children could uh, buy the business from their parents and start working that so that they could retire. But also think about, do your children even want to work in the family business? And you can call us now at 210-308-8867 if you want to comment on that, 210-308-8867. When I had Joseph Warren on the show a while back, uh, he mentioned that he finds in his financial planning uh, business that a lot of his clients that want to want the best for their children, somehow get the idea that they want the same thing for their children. And so if they own a business, they think the best thing for their children is to own a business. If they work as a civil servant for the federal government, they think working as a civil servant for the federal government is the best for their children. If they retired from the military, they think military work is the the best for their children. And uh, what we discussed was that a lot of times children want to go their own way. And so I wanted to tell you about my own experience. Um, I did want to work in the family business. I wanted to be a doctor like my granddad and my dad. Uh, My granddad was an optometrist. My dad was an optometrist. I was supposed to be an optometrist. Uh, My granddad told me and probably told my brother and all the rest of our cousins that he would give any one of us his practice. But when he told me that, I said, Granddad, I can't pass calculus. And he said, that's too bad. You'd be walking into a gold mine. And so this just goes to show you that I was probably like your children wanting to do what I was interested in and what I enjoyed rather than what was smart, reasonable, or logical. In all seriousness, I really feel like uh, business law, estate planning, elder law, probate, guardianship, and trust administration are God's calling for me. And Martin Luther said that we, have, having been justified by faith, are sent by God into the world, into our vocations, to love and serve our neighbors. And so I try and use that, my vocation, to love and serve our neighbors. Uh, But let's talk about some small business law. Uh, Small businesses can't afford to pay big judgments like big businesses can because uh, the result of a big judgment against a small business would be going out of business. Big businesses do have the resources to settle out of court. And so that's why I think that uh, planning for small businesses is so important. And so you really need to use a lawyer for that instead of going online or going to the office supply store um, because you're limited by what you know. And there might be things that you don't even know that you don't know. And so that's where hiring experienced professionals can help. Not only lawyers and tax accountants, but also financial planners and business consultants, too. It's also a philosophy of mine that you can reduce your liability by making better business decisions. And the way that I think that you can make better business decisions is by having a peer advisory group. I'm a member of a group. If you have questions about that, email me at host at talklawradio.com, and I'll send you some additional information. So going back to the licensed professionals, I didn't talk about that enough. Uh, There's a statute in the business organization's code that you have to follow if you want to have a business entity. It has to be specific for a licensed person. But there's other ways that you can help protect uh, yourself if you're a licensed professional. Um, One is by more complicated estate planning. Um, There is a type of trust that we use for professionals that uses the family code uh, definition of liability to separate the liabilities of both spouses. Um, When I was at the seminar this 
pastime to talk about business and estate planning. There was an attorney that talked about a woman who was in a car accident um, who caused damage to the other driver, and uh, that driver took the policy limits for her auto insurance and then went after her and her assets and what they found was that her husband was a physician. And uh, her husband's idea of protecting their assets was to put all of their assets in the wife's name because what he was worried about was lawsuits uh, in his medical practice. And so what that did was it made all of his assets her assets, and all of her assets were now subject to her auto accident liability that nearly killed this other driver. And so I can tell you that he probably didn't use a lawyer to get that advice, and if he did, it was the wrong lawyer. But there is a type of trust where we can kind of divide up the assets between uh, joint managed community property, uh, sole managed community property and separate property, and we we use different subtrusts for all of those. Another way of protecting yourself if you're a licensed uh, professional is uh, some of the business entity protection, uh, using an irrevocable trust as part of that. You also have professional liability insurance, and you want to make sure that you know the rules of that and that it's all up to date. Uh, You want to have uh, auto insurance that's higher than the minimum required by law uh, because if you bump into a Ford F-150, well, those go between $70,000 and $100,000 nowadays. And so your your $30,000 policy limit is not going to be enough, and then they're going to come after you and your assets And once you get above the policy limits, or once you increase your liability protection there, then you might also look at having an umbrella policy. And if you need a referral for getting good insurance, you can email me at host at talklawradio.com, and I'll let you know who I suggest. Okay, let's talk about small business owners now. Um... If you have an out-of-state LLC and you move to Texas, we've seen a great migration of people moving to Texas. If you have an LLC out-of-state, you're not licensed to do business in Texas unless you register it as a foreign entity. And uh, you probably need an attorney to do that. That's very important. And if you register late, there's late fees. So be aware of that. And you want to be authorized to do business in Texas because if you're not and there's a lawsuit, then you might not be able to shield yourself from the protection, uh, by the protection of your LLC. I want to say something about privacy before we go because privacy and anonymity is part of asset protection. Uh, Just know that and talk to your family and your employees about it because uh, that could affect everybody. And one thing that is not private would be your last will and testament. After you pass away, if you if you file your last will and testament for probate, that's a public record. And uh, there was an attorney that told us about um, a case in which the family of the decedent wanted to seal the last will and testament to protect the family's privacy. And the judge said, when wills are drafted, they are drafted with the expectation that it will be a public record. If you don't want your will and your assets to be a public record, then you probably need to do something different like using a revocable living trust also known as an inter vivos trust, which is Latin for during life, or just known as a revocable trust. 
it's it's both a, both and so you can revoke it and it's done during your life and if you put all of your assets in that type of a trust then they're not subject to probate because they're not really in your estate after you pass away and if you have no assets in your estate then there's no reason to file the will if all of your assets are in the living revocable trust then they pass without the need of uh, administration because the trustee has all the instructions in the trust document about what to do with those assets. Now they still are subject to tax laws and so forth. still have to pay your bills, um, but you can do so at the conference table instead of at the courthouse. Some other things that help protect your privacy are non-disclosure agreements. If you need a non-disclosure agreement, contact an attorney. There are non-disclosure agreements for employees, for social guests, for dating. And so if you want to preserve your privacy in using a document in writing that's enforceable, you need to have an attorney help you with that. And these ways will help you protect your assets and that's all important for uh, protecting your family. I'm Todd Marquardt. I'll talk to you later. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.